Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome back to the Black Health Academy podcast. I'm Lisa A. Smith, founder of the Black Health Academy, and we are back extending the life of the culture one episode at a time. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular listener, thank you. Um, This episode that you're about to hear is all about commitment. Listen, in life, when we have big goals, whether it be overcoming a chronic health challenge or big financial goals, big relationship goals, big personal personal development goals, we know it requires commitment. But I want to give you a unique perspective about commitment today, right? So we've all heard about over committing, right? This idea of overextending ourselves. But what I want to talk about today is three reasons why you have a tendency to undercommit. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. So if you have commitment issues, then this episode is for you. If you haven't already, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Make sure you don't miss an episode, which drops every Wednesday and a 60-second sip of the week every Friday. And then do yourself a whole favor and make sure you dig into our e-learning platform at www.theblackhealthacademy.com. Check out our coaching programs if you are interested in adopting a whole food plant-based approach to optimal living weight loss, chronic disease reversal, that will be where you start. So that's the blackhealthacademy.com to get here in the ecosystem. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Let's talk about commitment today. I want to talk about commitment today and offer a unique perspective around committing. Um, Goal setting is a thing. Aspiring to accomplish is a thing. Pushing ourselves beyond our own potential is a thing. And all of that requires commitment. So I want to offer a perspective around commitment today. Now, listen. All of us, hey, Silver, all of us have heard of this concept of overcommitting, right? But I want to talk about the opposite of that today. Today, I want to talk about undercommitting. First of all, have you guys ever heard of undercommitting? Have you ever heard of this concept of undercommitting? So overcommitting is obvious. We know what that is. Most of us have been at one time or another in a place in our life where we have overcommitted ourselves, right? And so we're stretched thin. We're stretched thin time-wise. We're stretched thin energetically. We're just stretched thin. That's overcommitment. But today I want to talk about undercommitment because listen, I work with individuals whose health is compromised. Like I am a specialist at using a whole food plant-based approach to reversing chronic health challenges. So that's being overweight, that is chronic disease, that's digestive issues, that's mood disorders, um, that's things like hypertension, heart disease, all of your lifestyle diseases, right? Diseases that we get as a result of not intentionally living a healthy lifestyle. So that is my area of expertise. So suffice it to say, this conversation about commitment is in my bag because over the years that I've been a plant-based health coach, I have watched the people who commit, who are able to lean in and surrender to a process and get a result. And I've also seen the people who have commitment issues, right? And the, the the part of that segment I wanna talk about today is those people in the messy middle. See. Typically, when we think about commitment, there's a are you in or are you out, right? Are you committed or are you not 
is, is we always talk about, you know, commitment and kind of like this black or white perspective. Are you in or are you out? Are you committed or are you not? But there's a, a segment of individuals who are in the messy middle, meaning they're committed. They're not overcommitted, though. They're undercommitted. So that means they're not completely out and they're not as in as they could be. And I'm going to give you three ways or three reasons as to why that is today. But I want to do something extra. I want to give you a bonus. I'm going to start with overcommitment because if you have an overcommitment issues, we know that overcommitting will cause you to lose out or miss out on your goals just as much as undercommitting does. So I want to give you a bonus today. So before I give you the three reasons as to why you are undercommitted to your goals, I'm going to give you three reasons why you have a tendency to overcommit to things. Okay, so we're going to start there. So first, what is overcommitment? Overcommitment is this concept of overextending yourself, right? And in short, it means you are giving out more yeses than you have to give. Right. You, you just handing out yeses. You just handing out agreements and you don't have them to give. And so you look up and you've overcommitted yourself. You've overextended yourself physically like, oh, I got to be here and I got to be here at the same time. Right. Or energetically, I'm trying to solve all these problems or work on all these projects or do all these things at once. And I just don't have the capacity mentally, intellectually, energetically to execute. And so that's overcommitment. So first, let me give you three reasons why people overcommit. All right. So the first is, let me get this out the way. The first reason people overcommit is a lack of boundaries. All right. So what happens is if people have not mastered the skill set of setting boundaries, they have a tendency to say yes when they were supposed to say no. They have a tendency to agree when they were supposed to decline. And when you don't set boundaries, whether it be in your personal life or your professional life, overcommitment is almost inevitable, right? Hey, crochet star, um, overcommitment is almost inevitable. So first reason that people have a tendency to overcommit, we're still not overcommitting, is they, they have not mastered how to set boundaries. And it's very, it can be very challenging to set boundaries in this day and age because things are so have become easier to do. Case in point, speaking, for example, right? So the last several speaking engagements I've had have been virtual. And so because I don't have to travel anywhere, it seems as if it takes less to execute on that, on that work. And so I have a tendency, and, and initially I had to catch myself in the beginning of the pandemic, like, Lisa, don't forget how much you put into your speaking gigs. Don't forget how much you have to prepare. Don't forget how much you need to decompress. Don't forget all the business side of executing the speaking gig. Like be careful with over committing just because you don't have to leave the house. Right. So this is an example. It's e it, it can become easy to overcommit because you're like, well, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to fly anywhere. Right. I don't have to worry about this. I don't have, shoot. I don't even have to have pants on just a nice shirt. And so, you know what? Like, yeah, I can do five speaking engagements in one week. Like, no, ma'am, you cannot. Right. So the ease at which something appears to be sometimes clouds our judgment on whether or not we can truly execute at a high level. Like, yeah, I can show up, but can I be at a high level? Right. So the first reason we typically overcommit is because we have not established effective boundaries. Okay. The second reason people tend to overcommit is because they have a toxic definition of their title. 
So a toxic definition of their role as fill in the blank. Okay. So you have a tendency to overcommit because you have a toxic definition or unhealthy definition of your role as a mother. You have an unhealthy definition as your role as a husband. You have an unhealthy definition of your role as an employer. You have an unhealthy definition of whatever hat you wear. Like, so you, you tell yourself, you constantly overcommit to things because you tell yourself, like, that's my kid. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to be at every single thing. I'm supposed to give them what they want because they're doing so good in school and they don't give me any trouble. So it's a, even if I, I'm a, I figure out a way to make it work or, you know, I'm a wife and the way I was taught to be a wife is to make sure the house is clean, make sure all the meals are cooked, make sure all the, you know, make sure I take care of the kids and, and make sure he gets the big piece of chicken. And so you have this unhealthy definition of your role as whatever in whatever role you're playing, whatever hat you're wearing. And that definition causes you to overcommit because in your mind, this role, mother, father, husband, wife, best friend, you know, accountability partner, I don't know, volunteer at the church. This role means I'm supposed to do X. And so you've defined yourself in this role and you've let that definition overextend you. Okay. That's the second reason people overcommit. First reason, lack of boundaries. Second reason, an unhealthy definition of their role or their title. And then finally, the third reason people have a tendency to overcommit is now tap in, I'm about to get into your personal for a second. It's because and you this may be something that you're not even aware of. You don't feel value unless you're needed. I thought this through, y'all. The third reason you may have a tendency to overcommit is because you don't feel valued unless you're needed. That's something to think about. Now, this is something, again, you might not even be aware of, right? Because our personal development issues, our limiting belief issues, our issues that we have, usually somebody has to shine a spotlight on it or it has to cause a recurring problem or it has to create a pattern in your life before you start noticing, hold on, something ain't right. But if this sounds like something you might need to take some time to think about, I want you to do that. Because you will be surprised how many people equate their value and the value that they add to other people, the value they add to the world based on them being needed. I've I've literally had like an ex say this to me in a relationship, like you started growing, you started evolving, you started doing good in business, you're so this, you, you were making more money than me, you were doing this. And I feel like you didn't need me for anything. So I feel useless. Like, no. You end up yourself in your being when you're being still, when you're not doing anything. I value that person. But some of us don't have the the words, the skill sets, the understanding to even recognize this. Like you overcommit because that's what you only feel useful when you are doing something, when you are doing something for someone else, when you are showing up for someone else, because Acts of service. This is where acts of service as your love language becomes toxic. Acts of service as your love language becomes toxic. I I need to cook for you. I need to drive you around. Um, I need to be your caregiver. I need to be whatever. Right. And so because you need to feel needed because that's how you feel valued. 
So that's the third reason you may have a tendency to overcommit. Now we've got to get into your reasons for undercommitting, but that may be three reasons why you have a tendency to overcommit. Lack of boundaries. You have an unhealthy or a toxic definition of your role as mother, father, friend, employer, right? And finally, you only feel uh, valued if you're needed. Like if nobody needs you, you don't know what to do. Like if everybody is able to take care of themselves, figure it out on their own, which they already can. They've probably been telling you that, but you won't listen. So you want to, you need to be there. You need to be there for everything. You need to be the fixer. You need to be the resolver. You need to be the planner. You need to be, you like, you need to be in charge because nobody's going to do it as good as you, right? Everything's going to fall apart if you don't walk away, right? All of these, all of these stories we tell ourselves, people are going to let you down. Nobody can be trusted. And so you got to do all this stuff. And now you, but, but you've made a habit out of overcommitting to things that you don't have the capacity for. Okay. So that's my overcommitters. Let's get that out the way. And let's be clear before I give you the three reasons as to why you have a tendency to undercommit to things, because this is many of you, especially y'all on your health journey. Woohoo. It's mind blowing how much you would drink the water, but you won't eat the plants. Like you only willing to commit to the part of the process that's easy and convenient. Where they do that at? I thought we had a whole goal to achieve. Anyway, before I get on my soapbox, let me, let me put some small print in here before we get into our under committers. You can be both. Yep. You can be both. So don't, don't make this a black and white thing. You could be an over committer and an under committer on the same day. <laughs> simultaneous simultaneously all right so now let's get into three reasons why you are uh, under you have under commitment issues now this is deep many of you may have may have never even heard of under commitment i know my mind was blown when i when i heard the term nobody went into detail but they she said it in passing i was like did she just say under commitment then I started thinking about it and I was like, why do people undercommit though? Like y'all should see how my brain works. And I just sat there and I just, I came up with three things I'm about to share with you right now. Cause it made me think about my students instantly and my firm, the table plant-based coaching program and my, um, plant-based and coaching certification of other 23 and both programs. I have students who have undercommitted to the process. Yeah. They not showing up fully. They have undercommitted to this process, but under commitment does not mean not committed. And this is where it gets foggy and cloudy. So I want to talk to those of you who are in that messy middle, right? So you're committed and you will even say you are, but you don't even realize you are under committed. So let's get into it. Let's get into it real quick. Three reasons why you have a tendency to under commit to something. And I'm, of course, I'm going to stay in my bag and let's just say health here for a second, right? So people come to me to adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle so that we can reverse chronic health challenges. And um, people have a tendency to not go full out. Like, you know what? I'll give up chicken. I'll give up beef. I'll give up pork. But you know what? I, I want to be pescatarian. So I'm going to still eat seafood, Lisa. Or I'm willing, you know, to to, um, you know, do eat the food, but I'm not willing to do the exercise, right? Like I'm willing to like stop eating so much sugar, but I'm still going to keep this. You know what I mean? Like I'm willing to, I do want to lose this weight, but I'm not going to stop drinking for it. Right. And so they are committed, but they ain't committed. You know what I mean? So they have a tendency to undercommit. So let me give you three reasons why that may be. The first reason you have a tendency to undercommit is because your fear of 
embarrassment. Now, what most people will self-identify as, they'll say a fear of failure. And I thought about this because that's I wrote that down first. I'm like, I really started thinking about like my years as a health coach. And I started thinking about why people don't execute. And so at first, I went with the status quo. Like I went with the one that sounds obvious because we know failure is going to be in this equation somewhere. And at first, I wrote down fear of failure. But then, y'all, I got to thinking about it much harder. And I was like, no, 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 no. They don't have a fear of failure issue. They have a fear of embarrassment issue. How do you know, Lisa? Because they fail all the time. But long as it's privately, it's not a problem. They have a fear of failing publicly, which is not a fear of failure. That's a fear of embarrassment. Because if you had a fear of failure, you wouldn't even fail in the dark. See, that's me. I have a true fear of failure. Like it could be nobody else in the room. It can be nobody else working on this. It could be nobody knows that I set the goal. And if I fail, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. The whole range of emotions, sad, disappointed, and nobody knows I failed. That's a true fear of failure. You, you don't like failing publicly or privately, but when you are okay with failing privately, and you just don't want to fail publicly. That's not a fear of failure. That's a fear of embarrassment. Pro tip here. You need to get uncomfortable with failing privately too. Maybe that'll help you reach your goals a little better. But back, let's get back on track. So the first reason you have an undercommitment issue is because you have a fear of embarrassment. Not a fear of fail. You fail in the dark all the time, but you have a fear of embarrassment. So of publicly not achieving your goals, right? So what does this mean? What does this have to do with commitment, Lisa? That means you only commit as far as you're sure about. You only commit to the level you feel like you can guarantee. You like, I can't guarantee like, I, I hear you, Lisa. I've been listening to you for a long time. You be spitting at nutrition science. I hear you. And I got the diseases you're talking about. I'm overweight. I'm, I'm hypertensive. I'm diabetic. I got digestive issues. I got mild depression. I got cognitive impairment. I got memory loss. I heard you say that a plant-based diet will solve, solve all of that. But So why are you not willing to go fully plant-based to eradicate the condition? Because I don't trust myself to execute fully. Like I failed at when I tried to change my diet before, like I, I dropped the ball. And so because I'm not 100% convinced, then I'm not even going to commit to the whole process. So, so then they start asking me questions like, what if I just went pescatarian? I'm like, did I tell you pescatarian was the protocol for reversing type 2 diabetes? No, you didn't. Well, why are you asking me that? I told you the protocol for reversing type 2 diabetes, for reversing obesity, for reversing hyper, for reversing high cholesterol, for reversing your stomach issues, to clear your brain fog was a whole food plant-based diet that is completely absent of all the animal products. Why would you then enter into this room and ask me, well, would it be okay if I just did this much? Would it be okay if I, like, okay, what if, what sugar can I have? Not what I said. So you're coming in, you're asking for permission to undercommit. <laughs> what? But part of that is because you have a fear of embarrassment, right? So fear of embarrassment is public failure. You don't have a fear of failure, but public failure. 
You're willing to fail as long as don't nobody know. That's not a true fear of failure. But you're afraid of being embarrassed. You're afraid of, you know, telling your spouse or your best friend or your parents or telling social media that gave up meat again, about to or about to try and lose this weight, about to do this, and it doesn't happen, and people questioning you about it, and you gotta explain yourself. So you're afraid. So you come in asking for permission to undercommit. How? Listen. If I tell you the protocol for reversing your health challenge is X, you get to ask questions about how to execute it at a high level. You don't get to ask questions about how you can change the whole process to make yourself more comfortable with the level of commitment that you're willing to do. No, 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 no. That's not how achievement works. That's not how execution works. You don't get to come in asking permission to undercommit to the process. Well, explain to me again what's really wrong with fish everything I done told you <laughs> I don't understand what the problem is. okay so tell me oh okay why well, can't have oil Lisa oh I don't mind explaining it again now if you need clarity I mean I'll stay all night I swear to God I will I will stay all night I will I will find the words to make sure you understand the science but you're not gonna keep me here all night as asking permission to undercommit. that's what we're not gonna do Okay, so that's number one. The second reason you have a tendency to undercommit is because you, uh, you've underestimated what's required. So you have a tendency to underestimate what's required to get the result. So let me give you an example. Well, I, I wrote this down. I, I was serious about this one, y'all. Hold on. Let me read my own notes. Um, okay, yes, I wrote a, a great example down. Listen. The reason you overcommit is because you you underestimated what's truly required. So the perfect example of this is like you knew what you had to do to get the result, to like get the weight off, you know, to um, get your A1C down, to get your blood pressure down, to restore your gut health. You knew what you had to do, right? Because I explained it to you when you came to work with me. What you didn't know was who you had to become. And so you thought that you only needed to carve out the logistics. Let me make sure I make the time to work out in the mornings or in the afternoon or in the evenings. Let me make sure I um, go to the grocery store. Let me make sure I have the money to invest in the coach. Let me make sure that, you know, I do the job of cleaning out the fridge or getting the workout stuff or whatever. So you knew logistically, you knew logistically what the goal required. You knew what you had to do, but you, you weren't fully clear on who you needed to become. And so you underestimated what was truly required. So you were all you were thinking is that, OK, boom, I, I got to work out this many times a week. I got to drink this much water a day. Lisa said I got to eat plants every damn day. She said I need 30 grams of fiber a day. She said I need to make sure I'm eating my antioxidants and my berries. She said I need to be tracking my food. She said I need to be doing timed eating. She said I need to be getting blood work done. She said I need to be auditing everything I put in my body. Okay, I know everything I need to do. I've wrapped my brain around everything I need to do. Now we two weeks in, you ain't had sugar in two weeks. You going through it. You stressed out. You're going through detox. You're emotionally unstable. And you like shaking about to reach for a piece of sugar because you don't have the character traits that are required for you to abstain. You haven't done their inner work to to um, deconstruct your limiting beliefs. So you knew what you needed to do. You didn't know who you needed to become. That part you weren't clear on. So you didn't carve out capacity for that. 
So you under you have a tendency to undercommit because you are not doing the job of getting the whole picture. Lisa, you done told me all the steps. Financial advisor, you done told me all the steps about how to get to financial freedom and retire early. You didn't told me, okay, I'm going to have to say this much each week. I'm going to cut this out. I'm going to have to add this on. I'm going to have to create these accounts. But then when you get in those moments, you didn't realize that getting over your impulse shopping addiction was going is all about who you are, not what you do. You thought just because somebody gave you the strategy, that's all you needed to execute. And this happens all the time with people in their goals. They think because they have the strategy they have everything they need. Okay, step one, she said do that. Step two, he said do that. Step three, they said read this. You underestimated the true work that was required. In my plant-based certification, I teach my coaches this, my health professionals. And I teach them something called exit and enter strategies. So an exit strategy is all about exiting from an undesirable condition. An enter strategy is entering into a desirable condition. But here's the major difference between these two strategies. In an exit strategy, the operative question is, what do I need to do? And that's where most people stop. What do I need to do to get out of this uncomfortable position? But most people have no concept of an enter strategy. So if the operative question in an exit strategy is, what do I need to do to stop being overweight? What do I need to do to get out of debt? What do I need to do to get out of this unhealthy relationship? That's exiting from an undesirable situation. But most people have no concept of entering into the desirable situation. The operative question when it's time to enter into the desirable situation is who do I need to become? When you're exiting the undesirable is what do I need to do? When you're entering into the desirable is who do I need to become? And so the reason you have a tendency to undercommit to things is because you've only asked the first question. What do I need to do? Not realizing that the version of you that existed in the undesirable condition is not the version of you who is going to be able to enter into and sustain the desirable condition. Meaning the version of you that existed when you were thousands of dollars and thousands of dollars in debt, the version of you that existed when you were overweight, the version of you that existed when you had to take medication every day to stay alive is not the same version of you that you need to be to be at a healthy weight. That is not the same version of you that can be debt free. It is not the same version of you who can truly be an entrepreneur. So exiting from this unhealthy is not the same as entering into optimal health. And all you knew is what you needed to do to get out of the disease, but you ain't know who you needed to become to stay away from the disease. And now your, your, your weight is yo-yoing. You lose 40, you gain 25. Your numbers go down, they go back up. Because all you know is what to do. You have no concept of who you need to become. And so you've undercommitted to the process. Because if you are not fully aware of everything that's required to get the result, you're not clear on how much needs to be like, how much needs to be in the reservoir. You just like, I got the money, I got the time. So I got everything I need. Okay. This is the level coming out. I can do that. But when you know, when you realize, man, I got to go in the dark. I got to do some personal development. Shit, I got to get in therapy. I didn't realize I was carrying this weight because I was still grieving over the loss of my marriage. Lord, just eating the plants ain't going to be enough. I'm going to gain the weight right back because I'm still lonely and heartbroken and angry. Who do you need to become? 
So stop underestimating the work that's required to get the result by not asking both questions. That's number two. Finally, let's go. Finally, all right, let me go. Look, I got 13% left on this here iPad, y'all. We got to work it out. Okay, the final reason, the final reason you have a tendency to undercommit is because you discount your own strength and or capability. Okay, you discount your own, your own strength and or capability. That means you have a lack of confidence. Okay, now let me give you this example from a different perspective, okay? So number two was you underestimate what's required. But number three is you know what's required. You just don't think you're capable. So it's different. Okay, you know full on what's required, but you underestimate your own perseverance, you underestimate your own strength, you underestimate your own resilience, you underestimate your own capability. So you don't commit to as much as you are capable of doing. You don't commit to the full hookup. You don't commit fully because you're like, you're like, somebody might say, you know, you might, I don't know, let me take a speaking it for an example. Um, you know, I want to, uh, submit proposals to do some speaking engagements, do some really big speaking engagements, right? Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm worthy enough to be in front of these big audiences at these big corporations, you know, speaking on whatever I speak on, right? And so I settle for less. I don't even pitch those corporations. I don't even, I don't even try and put a proposal together. But I don't know the language, right? I don't know how to price. I don't know. So I don't even try and go there. Let's bring it back to health. I'll give you another example. You undercommit when it comes to your health. Like you're like, yeah, I heard Lisa say a plant-based diet is what's going to solve my problem. I thought it was medication or I thought it was unsolvable. I thought it was my DNA. I thought I was just stuck with this condition. I don't, I don't been listening to her for a long time and she's saying, no, this is reversible. This is treatable. This is treatable lifestyle. But I'm, I'm not even willing to commit to a plant-based diet because, because I don't, I can't, I feel like I can't cook. I can't grocery shop. I don't know how to choose meals. So what I'm willing to do though, I'm willing to just commit to meatless Mondays. I'm willing to commit to, um, pescatarian. I'm willing to commit to, I'll do everything else, but I'm not even willing to commit to this because I don't even know my own capabilities and my own strengths. Why? Because I've never positioned myself to be pushed to that level in that capacity. I've never had a high-performing coach that is going to push me, that's going to challenge me, that's going to unpack my limiting beliefs. And so I'm only living based on the stories I tell myself in my own head. And the stories I tell myself are, you're not there yet. You, you, you can't charge that much yet. You can't go out here and claim you are a coach or an entrepreneur or whatever yet. Like, So I'm not even going to commit to that because I don't have enough to be that. And so you undercommit. So you keep the goal small. You keep the aspirational small, right? There is no, there is no nervousness in the pit of your stomach at the thought of the goal you about to write down. No. Matter of fact, you don't lose no sweat or no sleep because it feels so doable. You so undercommitted to life. Everything you set out to do is doable AF. Ain't nothing ground shattering. Ain't nothing making you you so undercommitted because you're so insecure. You lack so much confidence 
that you don't even go there. You don't even allow yourself to dream that big. So you're undercommitted because you lack confidence in what you're capable of. You know what? Let me let me go research this for two more years. Let me go back to school for this. Let me get another certificate. Let me get another qualification. Let me get another letter behind my neck. I'm not going to commit to that. I'm not going to apply for the, that position. I'm not I'm not qualified. I didn't go to school like everybody else. I don't have the language like everybody else. If I'm if I'm just this is my first day as a coach, I can't charge thousands of dollars. I got to charge 40 bucks a session. Is if this is my first time pitching pitching for a speaking gig, I can't I can't ask for 50k. I need to ask for 500 bucks. I'm undercommitted to the whole hookup. Why? Cuz I don't have any confidence in what I'm able in in my execution. So those are the three reasons. Those are the three reasons why you have a tendency to undercommit. And remember, right, you can be an overcommitter and an undercommitter at the same damn time. Like this ain't either or. Both of them are toxic AF, right? So if you missed the beginning of this, you need to go back and listen to the beginning because I gave you three reasons why you have a tendency to overcommit. I just gave you three reasons why you have a tendency to undercommit, why you have undercommitment issues, which is crazy because it's not the same. It's not committed. And so this is what I need you really, really smart people to do because my, my audience is made up of these brilliant people. You guys are so smart to a fault almost, right? Like you're so, you spend so much time collecting information and learning information. You spend so much time knowing that already. You're so smart. You're outsmarting yourself. You're outwitting yourself. And so what that means is you are committed to a certain degree. And because you're committed to a certain degree, you're like, I'm committed. Not realizing that you're under committed. So I need you to check in with those three things I just shared. Because being committed at the right level is not the same. All right. So was that helpful today, y'all? Let me see what Sharice done said here on uh, on Facebook. She said it's, start, it's scary to start and fail. It's also so scary to full, fully commit to that change. You come in thinking you can't really do it. Sometimes it, it takes time to convince yourself. How much time it takes to convince yourself, Sharice? How much proof you need? And then how much time we got on the clock to reach this goal? Listen, if we're talking about health, if we're talking about health, Please don't think you have the brevity of time. Please don't think you have the gift of time. Like how much time do you need to convince yourself? Here's what I would challenge you to do. Here's what I would challenge you to do. Because Cherie said you come in thinking you can't really do it. And sometimes it takes time to convince yourself. If you're not convinced of your capability, I need you to get in a room where, with people where one, it's already been done. So if you if you need time to convince yourself, you're the problem because you got the problem and you're positioning yourself to be responsible to solve it. You're not convinced. You So this is an ecosystem problem. This is an ecosystem problem. So if you need time to convince yourself that you are capable, if you need time to convince yourself that it's possible, if you need all of this, I'm talking about before we can even get to work, before we can start start changing situations, if you need to convince yourself that it's possible, you're in the wrong ecosystem. Because I'm telling you right now, I pour into everybody in my ecosystem. They they know, like, to the point I be having to cut myself off. Like, you think the limitation is what? Like, why we can't say it again? Explain to me. Like, let me hear your reasoning again. 
No, that ain't what we doing. Matter of fact, my best friend just said to me the other day, just, we have a weekly call, right? We was on our weekly call. And she was like, man, my prayer has been so different. My conversation has been so different to, with God lately. She's like, I'm, I'm sick of this. I'm like, sick of what? I'm sick of up leveling. She's like, how much more are you going? I'm sick of it. She's like, she's like, every week, every year, every whatever is something new. You got me on something new. Like how much growth is there? I'm like, I don't know. I'll let you know when I'm done growing. Because every time she talks to me, I'm on, I'm on that new, new. I'm like, no, this is what we doing this month. We working on our spiritual development. Let me tell you how you need to be praying. No, this is what we doing this month. We working on our money. This is what we about to do. No, this is what we doing this month. We working on, like, she's so sick of me. She texted me like, here's the work I'm, so I'm doing this way. Because I was, I was yelling at her. I'm like, you ain't pushing yourself. What are you doing? You maintaining? Since when we start maintaining? Like, we don't maintain over here. <laughs> we grow. Like, we ain't in maintenance season yet. Right? And she's like, gosh. So if you, are, if you steady have to convince yourself, you, it's just your ecosystem. Because you shouldn't have to be the one to do that. Look, the, this mug done said, low battery, y'all. So you shouldn't have to be the one to do that. Does that make sense, y'all? Does that make sense? Somebody give me a little something before we hop off and let me know it made sense. Overcommitment versus undercommitment. Like there, there's no reason why you have a goal this big and your commitment level is this big. Like we, that's don't that don't go together. And but that's why it's taking you so long. Like it don't take all them years to lose the weight. It don't take all those years to reverse that condition. It don't take all those years to get that business off the ground. It don't take all those years to find Mr. or Mrs. Right. It don't. It don't. Somewhere you're undercommitted to the process. And I need you to check in. I need you to do a critical self-assessment. Because you thought just because you was doing a little bit to give yourself credit for doing something, that it was enough. And it's not. Because it don't take all that. It shouldn't take that long. It shouldn't take that much energy. It shouldn't take that many resources. Like there's no way we should be having the same conversation about this same goal this year. Like I need to see some receipts of high level execution. Okay. So send this to somebody who needs to hear it. Listen, this fall, I, we about to go crazy. Let me tell you, I'm about to teach my last semester of Farm to Table plant-based coaching program. Um, October 1st to December 3rd. This is my group co comprehensive group coaching program where I help individuals adopt a whole food plant-based diet to reverse chronic health challenges. And the semester is starting on Saturday, October 1st. Man, we doing stuff so different this semester. We got a, a live meet and greet coming up in August. Okay, we doing a live, but it's virtual. So we're doing a meet and greet where all our students get to meet each other. We got some stuff we're going to work through together, set our visions and our intentions for the semester. We're doing some, we're going to start unpacking limiting beliefs. Then in September, we got an orientation. Then the semester kicks off in October. Stuff about to hit different different okay so if you are in that place where you you are if you're being radically honest with yourself you know you've undercommitted to your health goals and you are plant positive meaning you are sold on the fact that a whole food plant-based diet is one of the lifestyle modifications you need to make to live optimally then i want to encourage you to apply for farm to table okay go to lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply and just apply like hop on to fill out the application, um, book your suitability interview, hop on with me. Let's see if you're qualified. Okay. Application, you know, and suitability inter interview is for you to gather more information for us to make a decision together. But I'm telling you, it's typically your ecosystem. 
And don't think because you know that already. I know I'm supposed to be drinking water. I know sugar not good for me. I know I need to stop eating fast food so much. See, you think because you know what to do, it doesn't make sense investing in a coach. But what you don't know and what you're not articulate on is who you need to become. And that's what Farm the Table is going to show you and help you realize. See, you think because you know what to do, there's no further investment necessary in your goals. I don't care what area of your life we're talking about. And that's how that's how to smart outsmart themselves. I know all the steps. All I got to do is do it. Okay, we still on that? Okay. All right, well, go ahead with your bad stuff. I'll see you in three years. That's all I can say. I know what to do. Yeah, but do you know who you need to become? Because if you knew... If you know what to do, apparently she can't do it. Apparently she not capable. I mean, how long you done had all these steps? I read that years ago. I heard that years ago. I learned about that eons ago. Well, the person who learned it ain't the person who can execute it. It's very clear. It's, it's been made very clear, right? And so now you need to become a different person in order to execute what you already know. Because at what moment are we going to start looking like what we already know? If you know so much. Why your body and mind don't look like it? Why your bank account don't look like it? Right? Why your relationships don't look like it? Like, why? You, if you know so much, right? Why you ain't out here teaching me? Because you don't look like what you know. That's why most people don't show up. I have so many people apply for um, the other 23 coaching program and doing a suitability interview or on the application. They say, I said, why aren't you coaching right now? And one of the options as an answer to that question is, I'm not fully embodying that which I want to teach. That question gets answered that way quite often when they fill out the application. So let me get this straight. You already know, but you're not embodying what you know. You don't look like what you know. You don't act like what you know. Well, my proposal to you is that it's because you know what to do, but you're not the person you need to be in order to execute. So that's why you need a coach. That's why you need to apply to Farm the Table. Not because I'm about to give you brand spanking, hot out the hot off the tracks information. Don't get me wrong, I am. I'm gonna hit you with some science. You're gonna be like, what? But that ain't gonna be the part that behooved you. <laughs> that ain't gonna be the part that knocked your shoes off your feet. It's gonna be when we start digging into who you are as a person, your psyche. I remember last semester we started talking about stress, and I was going in about how emotions turn into disease, manifest into disease in the body. And one of our students just started crying. Like, Lord, now I finally understand why I had this like undiagnosable condition for months. She's like, You don't know how many times I went to the doctor and got tests done. Trying to figure, she was like, they couldn't find nothing. I had every test under the sun. And I'm like, it's your emotions. And I've and I broken down scientifically. This is not me just like shooting from the hip. I break it down scientifically. And she's just crying. That's the part you need. Because you, you know what to do. You know you're supposed to be eating that sugar. I don't need to tell you that. And I also do, don't really need to tell you why sugar is bad for you. You know enough. You might not, you probably can't articulate it yourself, but you know it gives you headaches. You know it makes your stomach hurt. You know it gives you anxiety. You know it makes you gain weight. Like, you know it's bad enough. You don't need anybody to tell you for the hundredth time that sugar is bad. You need somebody to tell you why the version of you is incapable of putting it down. That's the language you don't have. You can call this a sales pitch if you want to. <laughs> I'm just calling it a come to Jesus moment. Listen, lisaangelsmith.com forward slash apply. LisaAngelSmith.com forward slash apply. All right. Sharice said, wow, I'm sick of you. 
Well, let me hop on off then. Listen, it is late here. What time is it? It's 9.46 p.m. here in uh, Cape Town, South Africa. So I'm about to go make some dinner this late, y'all. I'm about to go make some dinner and finish the rest of my day. But um, I hope this blessed somebody today. If it did, leave a comment. You know, um, if you're listening to this on a replay, if you're listening to this on a podcast, click subscribe, leave me a comment. Let me know what resonated and landed for you because um, we got to start fully committing. All right. And you know what? I might do a part two because what I should have did is gave y'all three um, ways to identify whether or not you're fully committed and what that looks like. Usually people are fully committed. No, they fully committed, though. But that might have been useful. But what I gave you today, three ways or three reasons as to why you have a tendency to overcommit and three reasons as to why you have a tendency to undercommit. So I hope it blessed somebody today. Um, I thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time. Peace, y'all. <laughs>